Hi everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Walking the Talk. My name is Melissa and I'm super excited to record a brand new episode. Today, my guest is Romain Kioshov. He's the founder and CEO of Userfly, a Swiss startup. Hello, Romain. Hello, Melissa. Hi, everyone. So nice to have you here. I'm super excited that we could finally do this. I've been waiting for this for so long. Um, and I'm going to start by saying congratulations because Userfly just turned one, right? Like a week ago. Yes, just a week ago. And this was actually uh, a good time to kind of reflect on what happened in the, in the first year. So thank you also for making that, uh, that show happen. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to share a little bit of our story. Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, I couldn't agree more. This is the perfect moment for this interview. But in order to get started, I have some rapid fire questions for you. And I shouldn't have closed my booklet exactly on the page where they are written down, but I found them. <laughs> so um, right. I'm going to start with question number one. Are you a morning or night person? Um, I mean, not night person, and I'm trying to switch to a morning person. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, question number two. What is your favorite TV show? Um, I don't have, I don't think I have a favorite TV show, but one that I watched recently was Formula One. And I like how you understand an entire new industry, new world. And the characteristic of each person has the, the fight they have amongst them. So I like how inclusive of that new industry it is. Interesting. I haven't heard of it. Question number three. How long does it take you to get ready in the morning? Um, so when I go boxing, uh, 30 seconds. Otherwise, uh, 30 minutes. <laughs> Do you have a pet? I don't have a pet. All right. Question number six. If you didn't have to sleep at night, what, you, what, what would you be doing with that extra time? That's a good question. Um, because that would mean uh, yeah, eight hours a week. So I would go more to the gym. I would learn a new language and I would learn how to fly helicopters. Oh, very interesting choice. How would your friends describe you in three words? Um, too energetic, uh, curious, and uh, dancer. Dancer. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, question number eight. If you were a superhero, what would be your superpower? Um, I guess to fly. Yeah. Nice. I like that one. And last question, if you could go to space, explore the ocean, or visit 50 different countries, which one would it be and why? Mm, 50 different countries. Um, I, I love learning new cultures, um, like people, how they think. Every single person has a story to share. Mm -hmm. And um, three different countries, you open your, your mind a lot. So yeah, that would be it. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more to this one. This one. Oh my God, I can't speak English anymore. What's happening today? <laughs> I could not agree more. Visiting different yeah. countries is amazing and you learn so many different things. But yes. uh, these days with COVID, uh, you actually can also learn all kinds of new things by connecting online, which is what we did. We haven't met in person so far. 
I hope we yeah. will change that in the future. But um, now moving on to Userfly, would you maybe like to introduce Userfly and say a few things about yourself and maybe how, how everything started? Yeah, sounds good. Um, so I'm going to start with, um, with my background and uh, the evolution of my background to creating Userfly and then to um, explain what we do at Userfly. Um, so I grew up in Geneva. And then in uh, Lausanne, then I did my uh, bachelor in uh, as a civil engineer at uh, EPFL, the Polytechnical School of Lausanne, with uh, one year in uh, in Hong Kong. And that's when I realized that I didn't want to do that for for the long run. Um, I wanted something more uh, like outside of the comfort zone, like more um, um, how, how do you say, not uh, set in stone. Yeah, and something I, different. Yeah. Exactly. And I always wanted to kind of create my own uh, company. So I found that master, uh, it's called management technology and entrepreneurship. I was like, okay, that's perfect. Let's give it a try. And after that I did, um, as part of the master thesis, I worked at a venture capital firm. So a venture capital is an investment uh, fund for startups. So it was amazing. Basically like on a daily basis, I was meeting entrepreneurs that were pitching their ideas and basically learning how to make a um, successful and scalable business model. And I was working with um, super smart people, so I've learned a lot. And my, my thesis was on the, the drone industry. And, um, and that's how I also joined the, the, a startup for two and a half years in London. And uh, it has been a very successful startup. So it was amazing to, to see like the, the behind the scene from the investor point of view to then view the, the entrepreneurship uh, route, um, all the ups and the downs. So, and, um, and I liked that so much that I said, oh, okay, I, I want to do also uh, one in Switzerland. So I decided to come back and uh, trying to, to, to deliver the f what we call a photo mesh um, like to unlock the potential of photo mesh what brings me to userfly and i think yeah i think there are two kind of startups there are the startups that see a problem and fix it or you have startups especially coming from um, universities that have a new technology and they are looking for a market to apply their technology and that's our position as well so the the technology is is called um, aerial photogrammetry so it's the idea of taking thousands and thousands of image to recreate a 3D model or a digital twin of an entire city. So it's very similar to Google Earth or um, Google Maps in 3D. They do it actually using a satellite or planes, and we do it by uh, drone or helicopters. And basically, that provides a much more detailed um, digital twin of the city, mm -hmm. um, like five to ten times more. And that, that digital twin has two clear values. The first one is that it's very um, um, photorealistic and therefore we can visualize it and visualize future projects, um, like urban projects in the most immersive, the most photoristic way. And the second is that it's very precise and therefore it can also be used by architect engineers to uh, have a very good understanding uh, of the actual site conditions so that they can start designing their new projects. 
uh, and it's also used for cadastral monitoring in uh, in uh, in Switzerland. So those are the kind of two um, clear values of our photo mesh or digital twins. I think that's Does super that... interesting. Yeah. Yes. I think also because I, I watched your little demo videos that you sent me and I'm going to try to insert a screenshot or something somewhere around here later. Yeah, so that people like have a here. visual idea, <laughs> have a visual idea of uh, what you're talking about, what you're referring to, but it looks, it looks super realistic. Actually, the very first time I remember I watched the video and only later I realized I was watching this 3d model. I wasn't looking at an actual like a video uh, of, uh, I think it was a building or a city area, something like that. Yeah. So it was super realistic. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of our challenge sometimes that, well, when someone doesn't realize it's, um, it's a 3D model and they believe it's a vi drone video, that means we, we did well, <laughs> we did our job. <laughs> But then it's also hard sometimes to, to explain that actually what people see is not um, a drone footage, but it's really um, a 3D model that we have recreated from scratch in which we integrate the architect design directly into the existing environment. And sometimes we also remove existing buildings. And that means people can also put v VR headsets and walk around the, the model. Mm -hmm. Um, you said earlier that there are two types of startups, the one that they have, uh, they have the problem and then they want to provide a solution. And then there's the ones that have a technology or a solution, and then they're going to look for the problem to solve with it. So mm -hmm. what exactly is the problem that you're trying to solve other than the quality of data? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And because with this, so many different applications. And the challenge at the moment is to select one, to deep dive on it, be successful at it, and then uh, produce the, the second and third application because it will be much faster in this way instead of trying 10 at the same time. So the one that we are trying to tackle at the moment is for urban uh, development and especially for municipalities and for cities. And if like, um, let's say the, the city of Geneva wants to create a new um, district project, they will have to go through two key steps. The first one uh, during the planification phase. The, the first one is to um, convert the need into an early design. So how many people they want to house, what are the, the logistics, the, the transportation and everything. And therefore the, the architect or urbanist will draw a first few buildings or first few volumes. Um, and then that's like the first um, moment that they need to vote for it if they want to go ahead with that project or if it doesn't make sense. And if they agree to go ahead, then the architecture development will go further. There will be a, a lot of money spent. And then the second step is when the design is finalized is to share it with the local community and to vote also to get the project approved or not. Um, And for those tricky steps, they rely on the first step, either like on sketches or polygons, uh, screenshots that you overlay on top of Google Maps or sometimes sketches that are very nice done, very nicely <laughs> done, but it's lacking the kind of um, context. Where does it fit uh, the existing environment? 
And for the second step, um, they mostly architecture companies, they take a, a drone video or a drone image and then they, um, they, they paste their image, the feature design on top of that uh, 2D image. And when there is a need for like to, to really showcase what it, what a future project will look like to get people involved and, uh, to have a constructive discussion during the, um, during like the, um, sometimes we have participatory approach. So we ask local inhabitants to actually, uh, share their thoughts about how the volume should be, um, and so on. And therefore we provide yeah, the, the most um, immersive and complete uh, experience towards to that regard. So that's the, um, the first project. Yeah. The, the first market that we try to, to tackle, which is still, um, evolving. And so, for example, when we do an entire municipality or city scale project, they, there's a lot of value to, uh, well, the, the, the municipality to, to share videos or a 3D interactive model of what a future project will look like, but also to architects, to urbanists, to civil engineers, mm -hmm. and we can provide different file formats, uh, to that regard. For example, we just did an entire, um, municipality again here in Lausanne and uh, actually that was for an urbanist um, company and they will be taking care of making the, um, the participatory uh, program with the inhabitants uh, share some videos uh, share some different design options of a, of a future project so yeah wow that sounds it's super exciting yeah but I can imagine, especially as a first time founder, as a first time startup, I don't know if there's a second time startup, but like, let's, let's say a young startup, um, it must be really difficult to, you know, establish yourself in this market. And so, you know, that the municipalities, for instance, that they are aware of you and that you exist and what you offer, that must be super difficult, I can imagine. Yeah. And I think the, what's even more difficult is to, is to sell, is to understand the, um, the problem of your clients and to fit a solution that answer those problems that, that they are having. I remember the, the very first time I was trying to sell a project was um, a topographic survey that was uh, my kind of background. And um, the, the the person only wanted a, a nice looking 3D model, so I was completely off. Uh, I even sent the offer and um, <laughs> and then realized that it's not what they wanted. But now it became actually our biggest clients. But it's really interesting to kind of like open your ears, not sell your product. People don't care about what you sell; they care about how you you can make their life easier. Um, simpler um so yeah i wish uh, i wish there was more sales classes here in um in switzerland epfl and in europe in general we're lacking so, that kind of us uh, mm -hmm. sales uh, mindset well that that could be interesting maybe that's the next business opportunity to to set up these types of classes who knows? Yeah, yeah, that but, could be interesting. I would be and, happy to, to help people, but th there is also a good um, good guy uh, called Manuel Hartman, and they created uh, a kind of coaching program called the Sales mm -hmm. Playbook, 
and we were learning a, a lot. Thanks to him, I was making um, video sales. And uh, the, the three biggest projects was that I sold was through videos that I sent to, wow. to the clients and without ever meeting them in person. And sometimes I never saw them actually. Oh, wow. Well, that's yeah. amazing though. If these, if these tips have helped you so much that you really landed projects because of that, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And are you also in contact with other people from the startup ecosystem in Switzerland so that you can help each other out or something like that? Um, yeah, there is like one ecosystem that is qu quite known. It's called um, Venture Kick. It's like an accelerating program or no, a, a fund fundraising program with uh, three key steps. The first one, you get 10K. The second stage, you get 40,000. Uh, and the third step, you get um, 100,000. And um, and we didn't succeed. The, the third one, I wanted also to share the the, the downs because uh, in a startup life, we we always share the, the positive, but never the negatives. And one of That's my objectives is to share, um, yeah, the, um, to promote entrepreneurship around me. But um, but yeah, so through that program, there is a lot of like uh, startups that gets to know each other. Um, there is also another program called Venture Lab, where they organize tons of like different sessions about how to pitch, how to fundraise, um, and so on. And there is also the Drone Association, uh, Drone Industry Association, um, Diaz. And uh, yeah, we have a few like meetings, but uh, but uh, I think I would like to to have a more uh, diverse background, and, like uh, regular meetings with the uh, founders. And I think that's what we're actually discussing with uh, Venture Lab too. It has to come from founders to organize those, those kind of events. And I think we should all, we would all, all love to share the bit of, um, not struggle, but uh, excitement along the yeah, path, sure. what went well, what doesn't go well. For sure. I'm open yeah. to that all the time. <laughs> yes. Um, but speaking of sharing like the whole thing, so you said yourself, a lot of founders focus on the good stuff, but then there's also so much not so good stuff that can be shared and because mm -hmm. it's great learning opportunities for everyone and also like if you experience something not so good happening yourself or full on failure with something that you're trying, it's really reassuring. At least that's what I think to see that other people are having the same difficulties. It's not you, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's not you. You're not the, the problem in the, in the situation. It's very common to experience something like that. Um, yeah. so during this past year, except for, uh, selling experiences, what were some other difficulties that you were facing in the process? Mm, I think it's <laughs> the, maybe the struggle of um, a lot of people, but how to prioritize. Um, because you can easily, like, um, if I don't want to check my, uh, my emails, but we can uh, check your email, see all of the emails, and then answer all of them, and you will feel that, that you had a productive day. But it's mm -hmm. not um, it's not the the best in my opinion way to to be proactive or productive, but it's about how do you set your goals for the company, 
on uh, medium and short terms um, um, scale, and then how do you act on them? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that, and then also hiring people. We, as a founder, so sometimes you want to hire people to de- delegate the stuff that um, doesn't work well, but um, but there is no magic wand. <laughs> um, so so <laughs> there will be people is so difficult and a huge task in itself. Yeah, right? exactly, and uh, yeah, for the the hiring process, for example, for the the recent. Um, uh, application that we had we had more than 80 uh, applicants wow and how do you go through all of that set up the meetings in a in a constructive way and then uh, invite other people to have also their views on the um, on their, the the applicants mm-hmm. and then when you hire the person is about the also um, the the teaching them the the learning curve so it's almost asking you twice as much work but at the same time, you shouldn't wait too late to do that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you it will yeah be even harder. So it's a, it's a tough balance to know when you can start hiring people uh, and delegate early enough to not burn out and have uh, too many things um, happening. No, for sure. And it sounds like basically you would need to hire someone and delicate hiring to hire other people. It's kind yeah. of a circle. That, that's a that's a good question. That would be at which point do you hire um, um, a, a people manager or an um, mm-hmm. HR person? But yeah, at first it's also always a step by step. At first you do it yourself. Then when you you can get um, advice or like an external HR company that helps you, and then. When the, the company is bigger and there is a key you need to have that person 100% of the time, that's mm-hmm. when you, you, you hire. But I think it's uh, underestimated how much value uh, that HR per- person could bring because for me, the single most important thing about a, a startups are the people and how do you attract the, the right people with the right mindset that kind of shares the, the vision and are happy to, to work. Uh, that's like the what will make a startup successful or not, in my opinion. Mm, that's definitely a super important part of it. The people make or break the startup in some cases. If you have yeah. a great culture where people work together and they stick together loyally, um, mm-hmm. that can make a huge impact for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you keep them loyal? How do you also care about your employees how do you make sure that they are well um they're happy in what they do they're also happy outside where do you cut the limit mm-hmm. um, how many people how many people do you have right now with you in your team um so including me there is the the fifth person is uh, joining as we speak wow i think five i'm not an expert but to me Hiring five people within a year seems like a lot. Like, I don't know, like a big step already, if you can do yeah. that. Yeah, it was a, it was kind of very specific role. Um, for example, the, the first intern recently joined as a full-time um, person and, um, and he's already doing um, what I was doing, but much better. Uh, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's amazing. 
And um, then for the, we also have a 3D artist, Emily. And here it was interesting because basically in Switzerland, we don't have a school that is tailored to the kind of 3D visual that we want to make. And mm-hmm. I was l- lucky enough to find uh, on LinkedIn that school and a teacher that are act- that who is actually promoting every student to help them find internship. So that was a uh, really cool. And then the, the last person is um, Esham who joined uh, about a month ago. And uh, yeah, that was that AT um, applicant process. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting how, yeah, how much, it's like when you move into a new flat and looking for a flatmate or stuff like that, <laughs> you, you will always kind of meet the person Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, very tough to know how you will collaborate, like in the long term, how you will mm-hmm. feel. Um, and so, um, luckily, uh, it's been uh, going uh, amazing since the since the start. Um, but yeah, how do you get to get people comfortable so they can uh, fully open themselves and you learn more about uh, mm-hmm. like their personal objectives uh, mm-hmm. and so on? No, for sure. I, I think hiring. I haven't hired anybody, uh, but uh, I can imagine, or I let's say I kind of observed the hiring process in one of the companies that I was working with in the past. And I think, I don't know, on the one hand, hiring is a very structured process for a startup, but on the other hand, it's also really unstructured and really vague and abstract. And I don't know, yeah, but uh, I really keep my fingers crossed for you that everything will continue with uh, your employees uh, well. And that yeah. um, the collaboration will be will be great. Yeah, and uh, and I've been lucky also through the venture capital fund. I had to hire the next intern, so I was basically in the shoes of the of the hiring person. And also uh, in the previous startup in London, there there was one guy that uh, that came to organize the entire like HR process, and actually he was involving people of the company to uh, join one of the four like uh, interview mm-hmm. um, for the for the like the entire interview process and this was uh, also v- r- very interesting to know like how that was structured and um, yeah and then Actually, managing I a think, team yeah. I think that's something very remarkable about you because how long did you say you were with that startup beforehand uh, two and a half year two and a half years so I mean, you've been there for quite some time, but still Mm -hmm. you already felt confident after that point to try something yourself and to build your own company. I think that's remarkable because there are so many, well, there is, there is two different types of people. There's the people that hesitate forever because they're, Mm -hmm. they're afraid, they're scared. They're doubting themselves. They're doubting their idea or maybe personal circumstances. They're not sure how maybe with family commitments or anything else that's happening in their lives, they might able to do it and then there's the other extreme people i don't know even before they finish university they were like screw it (laughs) let's go and let's do it you know build that company um i mean that's that's very extreme examples but um how how did that experience at that startup prepare you to feel confident this is the right moment to get started um, I think it would almost be a crime not 
creating a company after the, the experience that I had because basically first the 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 master degree was management technology and entrepreneurship then the the working at a venture capital fund really understanding what makes a company successful uh, how do you make it scalable what are the, the kind of metrics that are important and then having that hands-on experience for two and a half year uh, like made me have the the like the the an amazing background to to start a company and i would say that people if they have a um, an idea they should go for it directly um, like for example even before starting uni i wanted to create a kind of wikipedia for the university for the the class so that people could share notes what the idea was that you have a 14 lesson of one uh, like geology class so for example i do the first resume of the first lesson you do the second resume of the second lesson and mm -hmm. if you have 14 people then you do one summary of a class and you receive the entire summary of the entire class uh, as a gift uh, mm -hmm. after and then that could grow uh, like very sim in a similar way to wikipedia and um, and it was amazing uh, even before starting university i was uh, in a meeting with uh, a lot of different uh, directors of the of the the section uh, then i was pitching in front of 500 people saying hey guys you need to do summaries so that uh, other people will receive it oh so, wow uh, it was, a, it was a, also an interesting uh, experience, but uh, when you have like small ideas or even like um, an objective uh, in sports, like uh, running a marathon or, yeah, as you said, there are the people that like uh, have those ideas, but never act on it or procrastinate. But I think uh, we have one life, so it's uh, it's fun to to try them. And even if you fail, and for example, I did, um, a boxing um, fight, an amateur boxing fight, and I lost, but it was like one of the, the best experience I had um, to like the entire learning process, the, the training, uh, both mentally and physically, mm -hmm. uh, the diet and uh, see how far you can bring your body to. It's, uh, it's really interesting. So yeah, if, uh, if some people are listening to to me at the moment, listening to this podcast, you, if you have that small idea that you wanted to do, uh, I recommend to, to do it um, now, <laughs> right now, drop everything. <laughs> Let's go. And, uh, and one way <laughs> also to, to <laughs> yes. <laughs> and one way to do it is also telling people around you. Mm -hmm. And um, as if it's something that you will plan, that, or, that you already made up your mind, that's, that's something that will happen. And like just sharing it will make you more and more confident about you doing it. You will hear a lot of hear a lot of people say, uh, "I'm not sure that's a very good idea. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think there is a market." So at the beginning, it was a uh, when I assessed the drone market in Switzerland, people started telling me uh, it's uh, overcrowded. Um, there is a um, there's not a lot of opportunity. Uh, and on the opposite side, um, I had other people saying, uh, we can invest how much money you want, but we have uh, like 50% of the equity. Oh, no. Um, so, so, but by like um, talking, then you, you can craft, you, you can better design the, the idea because it will probably change uh, along the way from the, mm -hmm. the market response for, from the clients and, and everything. 
How do you feel about the prospect of failure? Is that something that scares you or that humbles you, that intimidates you, that motivates you? How do you feel about potential failure? Um, I think I don't think of failure. Um, I like taking risks. And if I fail, it's not a problem. It's sometimes it's actually even better because it's through the failures that you learn the most. I think it's very healthy for a company to take risk and to fail and to also it's important to learn from the failure. So mm -hmm. to take that little moment after the, the failure. Okay. So what happened? What did we did wrong? Could we improve something? Um, and everything. So. Um, For example, one of the failure was losing a project to 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 do a 3D model of an entire country. Uh huh. An entire country. Yeah, using planes. Wow. So that would be kind of similar to the Google Earth level. Uh -huh. um, but um, yeah, so and we just missed the the project. The the competitor was were slightly better. Um, but through that, we've learned a lot. We know can we know that we can process an entire country and make a 3D model. We have designed our own big data um, and cloud um, processing architecture and so on. So so that was really really cool. And uh, with the with the new with Esham, the new sales guy, we are um, trying to apply all of these learnings to new prospects that we go to. That must have been so disappointing, though, that moment, right? Like, ah, oh. yeah, like, especially yeah, if it's, you put uh, so much work and effort into preparing something. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really a roller roller coaster sometimes, especially at the beginning. You close the first two two deals, you are like, yay, that's amazing. And then for <laughs> one month, you, you don't sign anything, so you're like, was it really a good idea that whole startup idea mm -hmm. and then you close another one and uh, but yeah it's um uh like resiliency and perseverance and determination are re really important to like um have that like long-term vision mm -hmm. and uh there will be so many obstacles but you need to keep focus on the on the vision and then you, you will uh, you will reach it easily mm -hmm. but um Yeah, the the failure for me are very important. To it's, me, it sounds like to me it sounds like you naturally have these character traits: resilience, uh, long term vision, being confident in yourself, even if things don't go perfectly one hundred percent of the time. Um, is that impression correct, or is that something that you've you've learned over time, or you are still learning? Yeah, I, I think. Uh, how my friend and my mom would describe me is that when I have an idea in my head, uh, I don't um, uh, like I will do everything to make it happen, and uh, there is no um, nothing that can stop me. And uh, yeah, I think that's a, a interesting trait. But everyone can learn can learn it also along the way. I think that's the perfect foundation then to be an entrepreneur because those are definitely very important character traits, at least from my perspective and what I've observed so far when I was talking to, to different founders or business owners in, in general, like all of them, they have this 
not necessarily innate, but definitely a strong sense of confidence in their abilities. Even if things don't go as planned, they don't, they don't, yeah, how do you say? They don't take that as a sign of, okay, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be getting a job. I should be, you know, not be an entrepreneur. They take it as a sign of, okay, this didn't work. Let's learn from it and let's move forward with better knowledge, better experiences, and we can do it differently in the future. Yeah. And I think that also comes with um, practice. And I think every single one can be an entrepreneur. And there are a lot of different styles of entrepreneurship. And I think um, like uh, two different companies can have a very different style, but both can uh, grow like uh, very well. And uh, and I say that also because for me, when I was a, a kid, I was very shy, and I also had problem um, speaking. Um, how do um, in French we call it bégayer? It's when no you idea. try to say a, a word and it uh -huh. doesn't want to to come. So uh -huh. you try, you try, you try, and then you take a deep breath, and then you finally say it. So I was uh, watching someone to help me to go through that, and now I don't think I, I have it again. But now, yeah, now I'm pitching in front of 500 people, investors, and it's um, and yeah, ju just by sharing your idea, talking about it, you also become more confident mm -hmm. about your idea and uh, the and sharing it with other person. You know, I actually have the same feeling. Like, I can, I'm sometimes I'm super nervous, and it doesn't matter how many times I've told somebody, I don't know, about my podcast, about walking and talk in general, what I'm doing. And, but then some talks, I'm, ex I'm still get extremely nervous, even though I yeah. enjoy doing it. I don't know. It's weird. It changes. Yeah. Am I making you nervous? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no, <laughs> we're doing, we're doing okay today, I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, all good. Um, but w what's your vision for use of life for the future? Like in, in your dream for use of life? Where do you see this company in the future? Of course, mm -hmm. world domination, but uh, maybe there's there's other things that you have in mind. Yeah, so world domination, you named it. Um, the idea would be a kind of professional version of Google Earth, where um, like everyone can visualize like Google Earth, but in a much more level of details and could um, view future projects and so on. And then also like uh, companies like civil engineers, architects, they could crop a specific area and, uh, and have the right file format directly in their own software so they can start um, working on a, on a future project. And I think, so yeah, so basically it's trying to do what we do with municipalities. We started with uh, like district, now municipalities now to do it at a city scale level but there is a lot of like uh, learning um, the market is not ready yet but it's uh, it's something that we are educating the client with um, and yeah and then uh, and then the, that will be a lot of processing so maybe like um, having a lot of either drone um, providers uh, drone service providers or helicopter company, plane companies, where we collaborate with, and um, nice, yeah, and Big have that kind of uh, global footprint. 
but also for every country, it's quite different. For example, um, from London to Switzerland, it was very different. Um, so it's, I had to create that kind of 3D visuals that I had no experience before. Um, and I think for every new country that you go into, there will be uh, like some learnings that you need to, to get and working with the uh, people that live in those countries will be uh, the, a key part of this as well. Mm -hmm. Wow, you have so many big plans for your company. That's amazing. Yeah. I definitely step step. keep my fingers crossed that everything works out nicely. Yeah. I'm excited yeah, to no, have a good journey. Yeah, it's going to be fun. No, and uh, yeah, it's been very, very um, doing pretty well so far. So it's been uh, one year. We are now a team of five, so now we can handle much more projects. And um, at every time we have a bigger project. So I'm crossing my fingers, but potentially the bigger, the biggest district project in Switzerland, we might do a three D model for them. Um, and yeah, and then we will go back to that country and uh, and uh, and provide that. Uh, country scale 3D model, but that was fun to, to receive an email. Can you make an offer for the, the country? <laughs> Challenge accepted. You should frame it and put it on your wall for future, yeah. for future references. Yeah, exactly. Best of user fly. Yeah. Well, I will do it when we have the, when we sign the, the, the contract. Do it for sure. Yeah. Nice. I think this is a super nice way to, to finish more or less because uh, we kind of finished where we started with Userfly's birthday. So your company just turned one. You're on a super interesting uh, development, I think, and so many different learnings and so much to share. Um, mm -hmm. When it comes to that already, thank you so much for sharing everything today with me. I have one final question for you. Do you have any piece of advice or something else that you would like to pass on to other founders, startups, something, something you would like to share with them for their journeys? Mm. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's really the, the idea of being proactive about your ideas and, um, just like, uh, stop procrastinating <laughs> that's easy to say yeah it's uh, i'm still procrastinating <laughs> but um but yeah and, uh, and talk about it to to people around you and by doing so you will also uh hear people that will ask you the right question to make you think about oh okay i didn't think about it that way and that will help shape the the idea into a business um and then you will also have the the first employee or first uh, co-founders uh, through those kind of discussion, the, these are the people that will um, that will challenge you, and uh, yeah, that, that ask the the ask the that ask the right questions um, to see to help shape better the the, the market, where are the needs uh, and everything, so, and uh, and taking sales class. So yeah, I think basically <laughs> talking about your idea um, to prospect, prospect actually would be uh, the the most important thing um and yeah i think i will just leave that here is uh, start um, prospecting start selling uh, as early as possible don't wait to have um so the the first project that i had when i signed it the client side signed it uh, um, i knew it was possible and i had no idea <laughs> how to to reach that final 
video that we wanted to make. But then along the way, I met people that could recommend me and we delivered on time. But, uh, but that was a fun project. And we just did sign a, a new one like this recently. And so right now it's a big rush to understand the kind of new technology that we'll be using for a, a new project. But we know, I, I'm sure I have, I have the, the right people that can help me um, give me advice uh, on this kind of project. So okay. yeah, just uh, talk. <laughs> and <laughs> that's the talk. perfect way to to summarize it talk talk to yeah. people uh, i yeah. think that's a great piece of advice um if anybody wants to reach out to you learn more about userfly connect in any way how can they do that yeah that would be either the the website userfly.com or also linkedin either userfly or myself and they can, um, I'm available to, to talk about entrepreneurship. I'm always happy to, to grab a virtual coffee or, or else. And, nice. um, and yeah, we're redesigning the website at the moment. So nice. Watch out. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> Thank you so much, Roma. It was a pleasure to have you here in my podcast, my video cast podcast. It's my old problem. Yeah. I don't know what to call this anymore. Um, Thank you so much for your openness and for sharing so many things. Uh, I hope everyone who was watching, listening, enjoyed this episode. And I see you all next time. Bye.